Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be okay, so not only did, king, did the king pass the house off to Nestor, and not only did the king give a signet ring to Mordecai, but now the king is proclaiming aloud that they have the royal power. They have the royal power and the resources available to them at their disposal to do whatever they want to do with it. Now, again, we have a situation here because whatever is decreed by the king can't be taken back. And so the king reminds them, whatever's written in the king's name and sealed with the signet ring cannot be revoked. So basically, the king said, no one, not even me, can take back Haman's decree. Basically, the king said, Haman's decree still stands. It still stands. You've got to write another decree that's better than the one Haman wrote to counter it. So what can be done? Esther 8 and 9. So the king's scribes were called at that time in the third month, which is the month of Sivan, on the 23rd day, and it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded to the Jews, the satraps, the governors, and the princes of the provinces from India to Ethiopia, 127 provinces in all, to every province in its own script, to every people in their own language, and to the Jews in their own script and language. And he wrote in the name of King Ahasuerus, sealed it with the king's signet ring, and sent letters by couriers on horseback, riding on royal horses bred from swift steeds. By these letters, the king permitted the Jews who were in every city to gather together and protect their lives to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the forces of any people or province that would assault them, both little children and women, and to plunder their possessions. On one day, in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, on the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is in the month of Adar, a copy of the document was to be issued as a decree in every province and published for all people so that the Jews would be ready on that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. The couriers who rode on royal horses went out, hastened and pressed on by the king's command, and the decree was issued in Shushan the citadel. Remember, the first decree went out to Shushan, and they were perplexed. They were shocked. We can't believe this decree came out to kill us all. Now they're doing the same thing again with this new decree, and they issued it in Shushan. So Mordecai's decree is now sent out, and it has stated that the Jews had the right to defend themselves and the right to annihilate and plunder any group that came up against them. The king says, you have my permission. You have my authority to do it. 
So Haman's decree said that their enemies could fight the Jews, but the second decree said that they had the right to turn it back on whoever tried. You now get to fight, and you, need, and you can protect yourselves, and you have the authority of the king for victory. And so now Israel's enemy has a moment of pause now, don't they? Uh-oh, <laughs> wait a minute, this could come back the other way. New terms to consider here. If we try to kill them and fail, then not only will we be killed off, but the king will allow our property to be confiscated as well as plunder. That's now their new thought process here. Now, Israel's enemies who were waiting for annihilation day, they have to consider that this could mean their own annihilation. And the people would have known that this was serious news because it came from the king. Because news was spreading already that Haman's property has already been taken and confiscated. The guy that drafted the first decree to start this, he's dead and his property is already gone. Don't you think that would start some fear? Esther 8 and 15, so Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white with a great crown of gold and a garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. The Jews had light and gladness, joy and honor. And in every province and city, wherever the king's command and decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a holiday. Then many of the people of the land became Jews because fear of the Jews fell upon them. Now, blue and white that Mordecai walked out with, that is the royal colors of the Persians. Now, he's now wearing royal color. And the fact that Mordecai wore these colors in public was a display that he now held the position that used to belong to Haman. (laughs) Okay, people are going to think twice about going on Haman's decree, especially when there's a new decree to follow behind it that gave them the right to protect themselves. And also wearing these clothes showed that Mordecai had the king's favor. But Mordecai did not use the favor of the king for his own benefit. You see what's happening. He used it for writing up a new decree for the benefit of the Jews, which has them from being perplexed in chapter 3 to now being restored with light, gladness, joy, and honor. Now here in chapter 8, I'm telling you the name of this is called Tables Are Turned. The Jews had now seen their God working in the highest levels of government for them. Isn't that a sight to see when you see God working in the highest levels of government? It's happening in America, believe me. And so part of this decree, this governmental decree within Mordecai's decree, is that it encouraged the king's authorities, I looked up historically, the king's authorities in every province and city to actually help defend the Jews. It's not just, okay, y'all Jews can fight. The king's backing this. And any enemy that's going to go up against the Jews realizes they're going up against the king now too. Because the king wants to protect the Jews because of Esther. And so not only did the tables turn on Haman, but also the tables were turned on all the Jews enemies. Now their enemies have to consider if they try to plunder the Jews, the king has given them full authority for it all to go the other way back on them if they ever flinch. I would really be thinking twice now about going after the Jews. (laughs) And that's why verse 17 says, fear of the Jews. 
fell upon the people in the land. Haman's decree could not be canceled because once law was established, not even the king would cancel it. But Mordecai's decree put a lot more weight on the side of the Jews so that anybody who saw Haman's decree as an opportunity to plunder, if they saw an opportunity, they now had to view Mordecai's decree as a battle that they could never possibly win. They're not going to win. Guys, it's amping up to a big moment here. Y'all just hang on. (laughs) God, keep me together for this. Verse 17 also says that many people became Jews. What this means is that they came to embrace what the Jews believed about their God. Gentiles said, wow, look what your God did. I want some of that. You see Gentiles getting saved here? They're coming to belief in the God of Israel. Wow, because I'm saved by the God of Israel, and I'm a Gentile. So I really relate with this moment right here. They, they came to believe in the Jewish God. And can you just see it? How many people, many being Gentiles, came to know the God of Israel because of the persecution of the Jews? Why are we persecuted? So that people that don't know the God of Israel will come to want to know him. Don't just look at your persecution and go, woe is me. What's it doing for the unbeliever out there when they see God work through you? So be happy. It's a good thing. Look what's happening here. Romans 12 and 14 says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Why should we do this? Because the very ones who persecute you now, if you will maintain your faith, they might one day end up being fellow believers with you because they watched you and they might come from this from seeing how the lord works through your life and so for those of us who believe even though we have to suffer like mordecai did remember the sackcloth and ashes and the weeping the bitter weeping and wailing at the king's gate we may have to suffer like mordecai but one day we can also be clothed like mordecai and royal attire that shows we have the king's favor. Now, I know that was good, but that's not the big one. It's still coming. (laughs) Y'all get excited. Here it comes. First of all, the clothing. Isaiah 61.10 says, For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Now, when you look at the story, you can see how Satan tried to destroy the body of believers, but it only made the numbers grow and the people got stronger and more unified. That's what's happening right now. Persecution is not supposed to hurt us. It's supposed to strengthen us and spread. That's the comfort I take from this chapter. But let me flip the coin over for a minute. We have to remember that Haman's wickedness resulted in everything he had was given to Esther and Mordecai. He lost it all. Matthew 13 and 12 says, For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. That's what Esther and Mordecai have, abundance. But whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. That was Haman. Whatever he even had, it wasn't really even his. It was given to him by the king. Oh, the king made me rich. king gave me all this this stuff. It's like, Haman, that's not yours. The king gave it to you. So even what he has, whoever does not have, Haman never had it. 
even what he has will be taken away. We saw the difference between these two different kinds of people. Haman didn't really have wealth, did he? It was, it was the king's. But the king stripped Haman of everything because of his wickedness, and he gave it to Esther and Mordecai, who now had abundance, but even they did not use this abundance for themselves. Never look for abundance for you. Oh, God, give me all this stuff so I can have it. You remember, everybody's better than you. You have to get what you get from the Lord God to use for others and invest it and spend it on them. Friends, what you have is not yours. It never was yours. It all belongs to God. So don't use what you have for yourself because that brings trouble. Esther and Mordecai are using their abundance for the Jewish people. Galatians 6 and 8. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Guys, that's a new way of looking at prosperity preaching, isn't it? (laughs) This is biblical prosperity right here and how we have to use it. Now, the most exciting thing I've seen in Esther is what I'm about to say next. And like I said, if you're daydreaming, come back to me right now. If you're listening to me on the radio, if you got to pull over, pull over. You need to hear this. You really need to hear this. Here's the exciting part. Haman's decree was issued to take out the lawless Jews. He sold that to the king based on they're breaking your law. You got to go round them up. It was and the king said, "Okay, let's do it." it. It was originally issued based to take out lawless Jews. That's how it was sold to take out break, those breaking the laws. The decree was out there and it was going to kill them, and it cannot be revoked. And so Esther and Mordecai sacrificed themselves, did they not? They stepped in between the king and the people to save them as mediators. Therefore, the king gave Esther and Mordecai the authority to write up. Now listen to this, okay? To write up a new and better decree. A new and better decree that was better than the first one to counter the damage that was in the first decree. God had instituted an old covenant with Israel. What was that first covenant? Let me show you. Deuteronomy 30 and 16. He said to Israel, I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commandments, His statutes, and His judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. There's the death of the first covenant. You shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Okay, that's the first covenant that was put out. But one problem they did not choose life. Let me show you in Jeremiah 31, verse 31. He says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a what? New covenant. Oh, here it is, guys. The days are coming when I will make a new covenant 
with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. There comes the next covenant, the better one. Oh, and so that new covenant was brought in by Jesus Christ. So by the old covenant, the people became lawless. And he says, you're going to die. Messiah Jesus came to stand between God and his people, sacrificing himself as a mediator to save them all. And God gave Jesus the authority to do it. You remember when Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. What did the king do for Mordecai? He gave him the signet ring. I remember Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And so Jesus brought forth a better covenant to save us from being guilty of breaking the first one. Hebrews 8 and 6. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Oh, that's it. (laughs) Esther and Mordecai were given the authority to mediate between the king and his people to institute a better decree to save the Jews from the death of the first decree. Jesus Christ was given the authority to mediate between God and the Jews to institute a better covenant to save them from the judgment of the first covenant. And guess what? We Gentiles are grafted in as partakers of the Jews' spiritual things. And so this applies to us too. And so just like how the king gave the Jews victory against their enemies under the new decree, Remember, the new decree says, you now have my backing, you now have victory from the king. Jesus Christ, the king, has given us victory over our enemies. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I finally got it out. I've been waiting to tell you all this for so long. (laughs) What we're going to see in the next chapters of Esther is that the new and better decree gave the Jews victory. And they went out and executed it because now a better decree is out there. Friends, I want to tell you that although we have been guilty of of breaking God's law, there is now a new and better covenant that you need to get under because the old covenant is going to get you. Get under the new covenant. The, The Jews now have victory. No more were they under the threat of being condemned. Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Friends, because of Jesus' sacrifice, the tables are turned, are they not? The tables have turned, if you will turn. If you will turn. For us who believe, we have been restored with light, gladness, joy, and honor. But those 
who have not yet surrendered to Jesus, like Haman, you just refuse to stop and turn around, understand that this provokes the wrath of the king. Also understand that old first covenant is still out there. It has not, and it will not be revoked, and it will kill you unless you get under the new and better covenant of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9.15 And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Guys, it makes sense, doesn't it? With the story that Esther dressed up for us, this first covenant, second covenant actually works now. Basically, this means Jesus instituted the new covenant to buy us back from the breaking of the first covenant to save us. What a picture this has been for us in Esther that King Jesus personally mediated our way out of being condemned. Why would he do that? Because he loves you. Pure and simple. People have tried to theologically debate it. Well, why? He loves you. Let's just leave it at that. God's love. Almighty God, creator of all things, loves you. And you saw how the Lord saved his covenant people by using his absolute power to influence King Ahasuerus, the mightiest king on earth. The Lord God influenced him. And this is why it is written in Revelation 19.16. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Father, we thank you for your story in Esther 7. Wow. Lord God, I'm guilty. I broke the law. For all have sinned. That includes me. And I'm guilty. And the first covenant said we die. But Lord, you didn't want that to happen to us. So you sent Jesus Christ to make a better covenant with better promises that we can now get under that. And we now have the authority. We now have the permission. We have the power. We can now fight with victory against our enemies. And Lord, the enemy is scared of that new covenant. And he can't break it. Thank you, Lord God, for sending us, Lord Jesus Christ, to make that new covenant with us that we just don't deserve. And Father, for those out there that hear me, they're under the old covenant. They're still in their sin. They're guilty and they have not given their life to you. Lord, I pray that they've heard me and they realize the urgency that they need that new covenant. They need to get under the blood of Christ where they can be protected, where they can have victory against the enemies that come against them. Lord God, move them. Lord God, show them. Lord God, work your power, even to the highest levels of government, if it takes that. In our nation, Lord God, our government officials and all the people that are listening and watching, they're bad example, Lord God. Lord, save your people to the highest levels, Lord God. Show them the way of salvation through Jesus. We can all be saved. And I thank you, Lord God, that now that you fight for me, I don't have to say another word in my case. Jesus took care of my case on the cross, and he did away with it. All I got to do is proclaim your word. I thank you for all these things, Lord God. Thank you for showing me this. In Jesus' name, amen. 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.